five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome, everybody, to the latest episode of Cooking Time Spaghetti with Loki. We've got some great recipes for you this week. Oh, wait, uh, sorry, wrong, wrong show. Um, new show might be coming to the network soon, but actually, what, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, everybody, to the latest episode of Culture Clash. Dave Maddenly already here to drop some good comedy. He was he was gold last week. Um, I maybe should consider him for the co-host, but I think the guy who is the co-host of this might mind. I don't I don't know. But I can't talk about Loki and all the happenings in fandom alone. So let me bring in my brother from another mother, the one, the only, Mr. Kevin Reitzel. What's going on? How you doing, man? And um, I want to give a shout out to Dave Madden. He's in the chat. He was waiting for us. Thank you, sir. Got some cool comments there. Appreciate you. Um, Kevin, you did bring your meat sauce recipe for this episode of Cooking Time Spaghetti with Loki. Oh, I carry that in my wallet all the time. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because you know, a, a, a little you know, um, universal meatballs with my time spaghetti always always a nice topic. <laughs> <laughs> we are here to talk about the latest episode of Loki in our tr- continuing True Believers Loki watch of 2023. But are we are are, are are we getting spoilerific, Kyle? Oh, uh, we will be getting spoilerific. You already want to hit the button, don't you? Sorry, I, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to hit the button. Let me hit the button. By the way, I just want to give a shout out to my friend, very, very good friend, Joseph. And someone else wants to give you a shout out too. <laughs> Joseph Kevin? sent me a couple of uh, Raider uh, squeeze toy chickens. <laughs> Wait a minute. Isn't that the new starting quarterback for the Raiders? Uh, yes. Actually, actually, he was just brought up from the, from, from the, the practice squad. <laughs> okay, I, I thought so. It, it can only be an improvement. <laughs> I, I, we have no more end zone. I got to get my radar shot in every once in a while. Sorry, <laughs> but um, we've got we got a lot to talk about this week. We've got some trailers. We got Loki season two, all kinds of good stuff here on the Fandom Podcast Network. Um, Kevin, I, there there is something else. There, there's something happening today in time because we're time traveling with this episode anyway. There's something happening today, Kevin. Yes, I I want to give a shout out to our good friend, John Mosby, uh, the men who bring high res to Loki. Uh, We'll see if John can help us figure out what's going on this season. But yes, we have a very uh, important news announcement today, guys. This is huge worldwide impact news that will impact all of you. Uh, Trust me. And I feel like it's my personal duty to let the whole world know Happy birthday to my wife, my lovely wife, Erin. Happy birthday, Erin. There's some pictures of us in uh, southern Scotland. We went to uh, Richmond, UK, where they uh, shoot uh, the outside locations there of um, Ted Lasso. And then, of course, our trip to Paris there. Uh, Okay, so I would like to explain that technically here in the United States, it's not Erin's birthday yet. But because she's in Australia and Kevin really doesn't want to sleep on a couch worldwide, He's recognizing Aaron's birthday today. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. <laughs> I, I, my, my happy birthday wishes to the lovely Aaron 
Jill Reitzel, too. She is the queen of the Fandom Podcast Network. Sorry, Jennifer yes. Walker. I know you're the queen of the beatdown, but Karen <laughs> is the queen of the Fandom Podcast Network. Yes. So, But we do have some other things to talk about before we talk about Loki. So without further ado... Let's news! He's so cute. He's just look at well, him. You know. Um, so <laughs> Thanks, Joseph. <laughs> but Joseph said that damn chicken drove it drove me crazy. So yeah, <laughs> he said when it was in his car and every hit a bump, you'd hear it. <laughs> so I'm going to be honest with you, Kevin. There's a little bit of a a theme I feel like to some of the things we're going to talk about this week. In let's okay. It's like, did we even know that it was coming? Because right, our right. Movie, <laughs> like, our movie is coming is, out. When yeah, we used to be on top, Kyle. We used to be on top of this information. Are we? Uh, I know a lot of people who said, "Yeah, I know a lot of people who said, especially on our first piece of news, that I had no idea it was coming." Um, apparently, there's a new King Planet of the Apes trail movie out or coming in March of twenty four. Um, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. How I know that people didn't know this was even going on is because even Richard Woloski was a little surprised when this trailer dropped. Wait, wait, wait. The king of uh, of of apes, the guy who loves apes. The, the the impression I got was he didn't he was kind of a little shocked. So <laughs> but I watched this trailer, it still looks good. All the apes movies since this current incarnation with Andy Circus have been visually phenomenal. It looks like they might be kind of getting to the point where the original Planet of the Apes happens, Kevin, in this film. If you watch this teaser trailer closely, I did watch the trailer. Okay, did you do you know? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, you mean from you know when the plate the apes have now ruled the world and uh, the humans of the world are now dressed in loincloths. Yeah, could could could, could we be having this movie be the one that leads into the original film? I probably, probably, yeah. It, it was going to be. I'm interested. I, I, I be. I'll be honest. I've actually enjoyed all of these films in this current incarnation. I think they've all. Been I'm glad you did. I know that you, you, you apes, apes wearing clothes freaks you out. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that recent apes trilogy. I don't like the fact that they look like real, real apes. Uh, I need my apes wearing human clothes because it's more scary. I need. I, I'll go back and say this. I like the way the apes looked in the Tim Burton film because they were humans with fantastic ape prosthetics that made their heads look like apes. But what makes them scary is when they're humanoid, like stand up, straight up humanoid. And this, it's a CG fest, these films. And I'm not a fan of it. Don't care. Not going to see it. But as even as freaked out as Kevin is by apes wearing clothes, I can do something better that will freak him out. Just watch this guy. Kevin. Pennywise the clown. Clowns. Yeah, cl- clowns, clowns are scary. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, it doesn't, <laughs> t- doesn't take much, people. I know how to push his buttons. Um, but moving on from Apes, we have another trailer. And Kevin, I know this is a movie that we both are very excited about. And I'm curious to get your take on what you thought of this trailer. Because the fall, first trailer for the Ryan Gosling, Emily Blunt remake of the classic 80s show with Lee Majors, The Fall Guy. The first trailer dropped. Looks like they're kind of have, looking to having fun, but going a little bit of murder comedy angle, like this kind of like what they did with the Baywatch 
movie and the chips film, it looks like it might kind of fall under that a little bit. I'm fine with that. And uh, shout out to Chris there, uh, Ghostbusters quick response unit. Howdy neighbors. Good to see you. I was really, I knew this movie was coming out sometime. I just didn't know when, and the trailer drop surprised me. And I was thoroughly entertained by the trailer. The chemistry between Ryan Gosling, and Emily Blunt looked awesome. Uh, Ryan Gosling looks, um, Handsome. Let's just put it that way. Uh, and by the way, I'm going to say this right now. Hot take, Kyle. Emily Blunt, the hottest actor, actress right now. Hottest actress. Not just as in looks, but like A-plus, getting all the cool roles. Uh, just excellent in all of her roles. Um, kind of crushing on her big time, too, Kyle. Just saying. Well, you know, I'm not going to argue that point. She's, I think she is the hottest actress in Hollywood right now. Um John Krasinski married up. There's not even a question there. So there's yeah, John, John Krasinski knows he married up. So yeah. yeah, but this movie looks like a lot of fun. I love how his truck is a updated version of Lee Major's original one. I only hope that we get some cameos of the original cast. That would be nice. Yeah, and also directed by David Leach, who you might know directed Bullet Train, which is a movie both of us had a very fun time. David Leach, of course, is connected to uh, the John Wick movie. Uh, John Mosby says, I like everything in The Fall Guy, but horrible feeling. It's just a generic buddy flick rom-com actioneer using retro IP a la Starsky and Hutch and Jump Street. Um, Starsky and Hutch, uh, I, I feel your concern, John. I really do. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna, I am going to totally defend uh, 21 Jump Street uh, and 23 Jump Street. Those movies were freaking hilarious. And I thought they did a lot of fun poking fun at themselves and also showing uh, some tribute to the original films as well. I would like it if it went a little more that direction, but I wouldn't mind a rom-com thing situation going on here. You know, I mean, obviously we didn't get really the whole Lee Majors and Heather Thomas thing going on, but I think this movie needs this. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a little bit better than some of those ones that John mentioned with the IP because I think the people co connected with it. Plus, Ryan Gosling, very underrated at pulling off this kind of humor. Yes, yeah. He's a funny guy. Of course, you know, uh, one of my favorite roles he's ever done for me personally is um, uh, Crazy Stupid Love. He was really mm -hmm. good in that. Yeah, uh, And I agree with Dave, Dave too. Yes, when, when, when I... Uh, when I say Emily Blunt I, is the hottest actress in Hollywood right now, she's, I mean that, but not only in, in, in that she's absolutely beautiful, but she's just getting every role. But yeah, um, Scarlett Johansson. Kind of, that's, that's a level. That's just a level. Uh, um, now, the next trailer. I think, I, hold on real quick to clarify, Dave. I, I meant 21 and 22 Jump Street, but they did tease 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, and so on at the end of 22 Jump Street in a very funny montage. So um, the next film we're going to talk about, Kevin, is one I actually have purchased my preview pre-sale ticket for because you know how excited I am about that, this film. And it dropped its newest trailer, which I thought was visually spectacular. And I cannot wait for this movie. Godzilla minus one. Saw the trailer. It looks interesting. Takes um, place during uh, World War Two. Yeah, after, basically after the bomb dropped. OK, gotcha. OK. Japan's kind of trying to recover after the events of World War II, and this this guy shows up looking uh, more vicious and more terrifying than ever. And uh, 
yeah. I, I, this is the first Japanese, again, I reiterate, this is the first Japanese Godzilla film since Shin Godzilla in 2016. Um, it is going to that be. That was a good movie. I, yeah. It's going to be limited edition IMAX if you can get to an IMAX theater, but get to a theater and watch this. It is going to be subtitled. There is no English dub for this, this film, but this is classic Japanese true Godzilla with Godzilla just being a destructive force of nature. And the final shot of this trailer is Godzilla start getting ready to do his nuclear blast. And it's done in a way I have never, ever seen Godzilla do it before. Did you catch that Kevin with the spikes kind of popping out of his back? I did catch that. Yes, definitely. So, um, yeah, I, it's a November, early December, a big year. <laughs> so Dave, hold on. Dave's cracking me up here before Godzilla settled into his plump dad bod. Look for the modern movies. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. Yeah, that, that That's is a good funny. One. Um, and I agree with the Freak 210. The, 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 post, the new poster is, uh, especially the one for IMAX. That's Joseph. IMAX. Yes. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Joseph says uh, the new, um, uh, what was it? Uh, Five Days of Freddy. Was that what it was called? Five, Five Nights, Nights of Freddy. Of Freddy. Not, not good. And he's yeah, a big no. horror. He's a big horror. It was a, it was a day and date release on Peacock. That should tell you all you need to know. Okay. <laughs> So Godzilla minus one, it is actually the 70th. We're celebrating 70 years of Godzilla. We have the Monarch show, which I've talked about as well, which I'm excited about as well. But hopefully if some things come through, we're going to have a guest, a guest who knows a thing or two about Godzilla when this comes out. So, um, and yes, there, Joe, there are um, theaters showing Godzilla 2000 currently, and you can find it, I think, streaming on a couple, a couple of different apps as well. So the, the, the big green guy is here and he's here in full but then we had one more trailer drop that I wasn't quite expecting, Kevin. And there's some ex extra news to go with that. But the trailer for Marvel Studios Echo dropped. Now, if you've been following us here in our coverage of this, we'll be honest with you. We haven't been that excited about this show. It felt like Marvel hasn't been that excited about it. this show. It's the first show ever that they are dropping the entire series in one day, which will be happening in January of this upcoming year. But I got to tell you, Kevin... After watching this trailer, and yes, a big reason of it is the amazingness of Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin, but I was really impressed by this trailer. It's one, it's very, it's TVMA, so it's going to probably be more violent than we've seen in a Marvel movie. Well, if you see the trailer, it's definitely yeah. more violent <laughs> yeah. than what we've seen. And um, it just, I, I was impressed. What, what were your initial reactions to this trailer, Kevin? I was not impressed, but I was kind of surprised and a little more intrigued. I'll, I'll say that. And the fact that they're all dropping the full season at once. Uh, when we heard that news originally, we thought uh, maybe they don't have much uh, much interest in really doing anything with this series. Uh, and they're just going to dump it and forget it. But the fact that it's TVMA uh, and after watching the trailer, I, I'm intrigued. Uh, John Mosby put in uh, Echo feels much, very much like Netflix Daredevil. And I think there's a reason for that because Kevin, somehow I think that um, Marvel is using Echo to kind of change some direction, something because they also have an announcement regarding Echo. Echo will be the first Marvel spotlight series. Now, if you're a fan of the original of Marvel comics, they used to have a comic called Marvel spotlight where they would take some off the wall characters or characters who maybe didn't have a regular running series and give them a story in a couple of issues of Marvel Spotlight. Um, when they made this announcement, Marvel Studios head of streaming, Brad Winder, 
Baum said that the new banner will provide a platform to bring more grounded, character-driven stories to the screen, allowing for consumption of the entire community to be less of a necessity. Marvel Spotlight gives us a platform to bring more grounded, character-driven stories, and in the case of Echo, focusing on street-level stakes over larger MCU continuity. Just like comic fans didn't need to read Avengers or Fantastic Four to enjoy a Ghost Rider Spotlight comic, our audience doesn't need to have seen other Marvel series to understand what's happening in Maya's story. I want to give a shout out to John here. John Mosby says, I think all at once drop may work in its favor. One of the problems with Loki is that we're waiting a week for more baffling developments rather than answers. Been watching might have helped. You know what? He has a point here, Kyle, because we've always been in favor of the weekly drop. First of all, it helps with podcasting, but when you, when you, when you get done with an episode, you have kind of a weird taste in your mouth about it. Then the next episode drops and then you kind of get that taste out of your mouth and maybe they start answering questions. I think John's got a point. Yeah, I think John has a good point. And we're going to, we're going to speaking of leaving some weird tastes in our mouth, our mouth, I, I think it's time to get into our main discussion here. So I'm going to pull a little transition. Now, before we before we get into our main discussion, though, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, we got a little. <laughs> we got some things we might want to spotlight on the Fandom Podcast Network. Yes, uh, we got some fun stuff, guys. Uh, stuff that we just did and stuff that's coming up. Uh, make sure you check it out because it's going to be on YouTube and also on your audio podcast. First of all, we just recorded with me, Kyle, my lovely wife, Erin, and of course our queen of movie foo, Lacey. Uh, who's also one of the co-hosts of Time Warp. We did a special Time Warp Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV series retrospective. We talked about our favorite seasons, our favorite episodes, of course. We talked about the cultural impact Buffy's had. Uh, and we also talked, touched on the music as well. Make sure you check that out. Give it a listen. Give it a watch. We'd appreciate that. Uh, also, we have just recorded, coming out very soon, Time Warp 1983, their 40th anniversary uh, part six, where we discuss the movies that dropped in 1983 in the months of October and November, including the most important movie of all time and the scariest one, The Day After. Who remembers watching that on primetime television? And it also made a, a small theatrical run as well. Scared us all. <laughs> And last but not least, real quick, coming out soon. I'm recording this episode tomorrow. Hair Metal Podcast returns with my friend um, Mike Simmer, who's a big fan of this genre. Episode 20, we're going to talk about the 80s, the 80s rock and metal bands that should have been bigger. Kyle, you were going to say something? Um, yeah. Um, lots of exciting things happening on the Fan and Podcast Network. Kevin, I need you to check the private chat just real quick. It's He's live. Live, live, <laughs> live thing. So, all right. Yeah, go ahead, Kyle. I'll go ahead and take it from here. <laughs> all right. Okay, guys. So, uh, let's get back to the chat here. You guys had some stuff here. Uh, you said, Dave, you said, Dave Manley said, speaking of Time Wars, my favorite John Carpenter film, They Live, came out 35 years ago today. Yes. Yes, it did. And uh, I recently watched this and I recently got a, uh, a special edition version of it as well. So definitely uh, check that out. But anyway, yeah, check out these shows, guys. we got some fun stuff that is coming out. But guys, we're here to talk about Loki. Kyle will return in just a moment. Um, I'm still a little confused, guys. 
Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, this was episode five of Loki, uh, science slash fiction. And uh, let us know what you guys are thinking in the chat there. Again, spoiler alert here. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I was kind of curious to see what happened because it seems like everyone died at the end of the last episode. We were wondering where we were going to go from there. Uh, let me know what you guys think. And I'm going to go ahead and read the episode plot synopsis for episode five. All right, here we go, guys. Let's go in here. All right. Loki survives the explosion, but everyone else has vanished and the TVA headquarters spaghettifies. I wonder if that's painful. Loki escapes as he begins his time slipping again, taking him to branch timelines where his friends Mobius, Hunter B15, Casey, and Obi were reset to their original lives as Don, Dr. Willis, Frank Morris, and Dr. A.D. Doug, respectively. Wanting to time slip to before the explosion, Loki enlists Doug's help. With Loki unable to control his time slipping, Doug proposes Loki gather everyone present at the explosion back together so they can collect their temporal aura, can send them back to the right time and place. Doug builds a temp pad using a TVA guidebook that Loki kept. Very smart. Loki succeeds in gathering everyone else to Doug's workshop except Sylvie who has retained her memories. Refusing to help, Sylvie gets Loki to admit his true motivation. He wants his friends back and fears being alone. When everything in Sylvie's timeline spaghettifies, she goes to help Loki. However, Doug's workshop also spaghettifies, as do Frank, Doug, Don, Willis, and Sylvie. Loki finally controls his time slipping by focusing on a person, declaring that he can, quote, rewrite the story loki time slips to before the explosion by focusing on obi and if you listen to the end of the credits guys there was a voice that said at the end of the closing credits the zaniac arcade game is heard saying you died insert your coin loser i thought that was a lot of fun <laughs> all right shout out to mr uh, mosby here i just got my review up and i have to say that i think this story would have worked better as a feature film than a drip drip series. I think I agree with you there, uh, uh, John. And uh, make sure you go check out his website, echochamber.com. Uh, he does a lot of great reviews for all of our favorite nerdy shows and movies. And uh, he's also a fellow Highlander expert. We've had him on a guest on the Fandom Podcast Network many, many times. Uh, make sure you check that out. Dave Mattingly says everyone went back to their previous timeline, but Loki's previous timeline was time slipping. And uh, our, my friend Chris says, I've completely lost my way on the series. Guess I'm just not smart enough. Still have seen Kihu Kwan though. Um, Chris, you and I are right there, buddy. <laughs> uh, I, I don't feel very intelligent watching the show. I'll just be completely honest with you. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, so when I first saw this, I was trying to wrap my head around this. I watched the last episode again. And in the last episode, when we were doing our live show, guys, I admitted I wasn't getting this. I was enjoying, though, kind of the ride, but not the meaning behind the ride. I was enjoying uh, the character moments. I was enjoying the cinematography, the sets, uh, but mostly the character moments and, and the interaction. And I was just kind of going with it. And I just, you know, 
hearing a lot of techno babble, time this, time slip that, spaghettify this, all this stuff that they use to kind of ex- explain everything. And, uh, and John, I want to see what you say, say here. Also, this really isn't a Loki show so far, even more so than the first season. He's a passenger in his own show. Not even the most interesting. Great point. Completely agree with you there. It's a great cast. It almost feels like they're carrying a show where the writers are coming up with disjointed ideas and hoping their cast can't sell it. Completely agree there. Yeah. Um, and Chris says, it's been entertaining. I just don't see the big picture. I That's the biggest question I have, Chris. I'll be completely honest with you. Because when you look at what's come out in the MCU thus far, and supposedly this show is supposed to be a stepping stone to the bigger picture, don't know what they're going to do with Kang, as we saw in uh, the um, uh, Ant-Man 3 in the, the quantum realm or quantum verse, which I found disappointing personally. And with all of the issues going on with Jonathan Majors as, as a person and, and stuff like that, don't know if they're going to kind of go in a different direction, but there's still this Kang uh, Avengers film that we're going to be. Uh, let's see what you have to hear say here to say, Dave, you say the show is about Loki learning more about himself. I like that Thor said, you always be a god of mischief, but you could be so much more. Well said. Loki is fully becoming the god of stories. That's actually one of the things, uh, Kyle, glad that you're back here. Um, I've already gone over the plot synopsis. and I'm just giving my first impressions here. But I am enjoying that there. Let me backtrack a little bit. My wife told me that she likes when Loki's the villain. A lot of people have said that, Kyle. But this is kind of a character-changing event for the Loki character. He's becoming dependent on his friends. He's changing as a person. I think that's a good thing. I like seeing that subtle change. Kyle, give me your thoughts. Okay, so as far as the episode goes, I'll be honest, um, and I will get into this more a little bit later. Maybe it didn't take a direction I was expecting it to, but then again, I really wasn't sure what to expect going into this episode, the way episode four ended. As far as Loki himself goes, what I find so interesting about this is we have to remember this is technically not the main sacred timeline MC Loki. This is a Loki that the minute he took the Tesseract and Endgame and disappeared, he became a variant. So this is, but he's following a similar type path that the main MCU Loki did too, where he realized he needed his friends, he needed his family. And that was important to him. And we're seeing that happen with this variant of Loki here. So it's it's very interesting, and I think the, one of the more interesting aspects to this and is that we're seeing Loki through so many different viewpoints in this, and how you know how important Mobius has become to him. What the, I liked also the nice little touch that Sylvie remembered him because she's a Loki variant. She's technically a Loki variant too. So yeah, but she's just she's like living in her own world and she's digging it. I guess you yeah. Know? Um. But I like the fact that they took us back and let us see everybody in what the timeline they got pulled out of by He Who Remains. And then when they became variants and he brought them into the TVA. And it's interesting, too, that, you know, the whole aspect of Sylvie bringing up Loki was going to be selfish by wanting to keep them all here. But Loki was like, no, 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 I'm trying to say this and had all these ways of justifying it. And then he finally realized, oh, wait, I'm doing this because I want my friends. Yeah, but then, but then it then it turns again to the in in this episode where it turns out, well, yeah, he kind of needs them because he's got a reality is is turning into spaghetti 
all over the place. So yep. yeah, yep. I, 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 this, this episode went in a lot of directions. I, I wasn't quite sure. And I, I enjoyed the character moments in this. I'm really curious to see how they're going to wrap this up because the more, the closer we get, the more I realize you're not going to be completely satisfied with that. Nobody's going to be completely satisfied with it. I, I, you know, I do want to reiterate though. I am enjoying a lot of the character moments and I'm liking the turn that, that, that Loki is, is taking here. You know, he's referencing what his, his brother said. And, and uh, you know, I just, I've been going through my, uh, my MCU um, rewatch of the infinity saga. And the next movie for me is Thor dark world. And I've been a little apprehensive to start it, but I got to tell you though, watching this Loki series uh, I did start watching it. Uh, it's actually one of my wife's favorite films. She likes it for reasons. Uh, but I'm curious to to go and watch this movie again, and then uh, you know think about what's been happening uh, with uh, with Loki. One of the things I'll bring up with that I think this this series might be missing <laughs> just a little bit of, and people talk about why they like Loki as a bad guy. Bad guy Loki is it's fun. It is, and um, this version of Loki, while still fun, it takes other people to bounce off of to have fun. Like he's great with Mobius. He's great with Sylvie. He's great with OB, but bad guy Loki can just rip off line after line after line. And and this is a more held back Loki in Hiddleston's performance. And I think that might be why some people are just kind of like feeling like, "Eh, not so sure about this when Hiddleston as evil Loki can just cut loose. John Mosby says uh, Loki's MC redemption was long and fraught. This series variant Loki seems to have lost some of that self-serving edge a little too quickly for me. He's largely being played as just a snarky hero. That's a good point. Uh, Adam wants to bring Arnold into the MCU. I could see he could come in. He could do something. (laughs) And then John says, and it took a long time uh, for him to get there in the films. So, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's, I I, I like the turn. Um, I I didn't want to see him being the bad guy for so, for, you know, as long as possible, because that's just going to grow tiresome. Now we need to see good Loki. Let's see what, let's see what he can learn from, you know? I think, I think that's the difference. Even to the very end of the MCU, there was still that self-serving side to Loki, even though he might've been trying to do the good thing. It was the good thing as long as he was benefiting from it. Yes. Yes. Well, we'll get into our main topic shortly, but first Kyle, you got some trivia. You have, you have, uh, you have pulled some infinity stones from that drawer in the TVA. I have, I have. Okay, so here, here we got right here. Uh, some of the dialogue in the episodes refers to stories. One of Loki's titles in the comic is the God of Stories. The B-15 hunter goes by the identity of Verity Willis. In the comics, Verity was an ally of Loki. And the credits, guys, I think I have a picture for this one here. Here we go. At the end of the closing credits, a Zaniac arcade game is heard saying, you die, insert your coin, loser. Oh, that was funny. Uh, at Sylvia's McDonald's, they have an arcade game called Zaniac, which is a reference to both to Hunter XO5 slash Brad Wolf's movie from the few episodes before, as well as an obscure Marvel villain that the joke was based on. If you stick around to the very end of the credits of the episode, you hear that line. Kyle, what do you know about this? Uh, very little because it was such a it was actually such an inside joke at Marvel. It was kind of like one of these things that was created just kind of on a whim. And they actually used the character a couple of times, and then they just made it kind of a running joke. 
through the MCU for uh, through the not the MCU, but through Marvel Comics for a time in the eighties. But yeah, um, that that is definitely a deep dive into the mighty Marvel Easter egg box. <laughs> <laughs> Got one other uh, cool little trivia here. So the directors of this episode is Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson, and they actually appear in this episode as the fellow escapees of Alcatraz, uh, where uh, one plays uh, Aaron Moorhead plays Clarence Anglin, Angelin, and Justin Benson plays convict John Anglin, brothers. So, so there you go. They got Kevin, in the episode. Real quick, I'm just going to throw this out there. We talked about these two guys last week a little bit. But because of other things that happened during the show, I didn't get to really say there was something I wanted to make. Learn these two names, people. These guys are going to be big players in the MCU, whether it's on the Disney Plus, especially on the Disney Plus side, going forward. They have been hired to direct several episodes of the new Daredevil Born Again series, which is being which has gone under major rewrites and has a new showrunner who was the showrunner for the Netflix Punisher series. And also an executive producer on the Daredevil series on Netflix. Expect these two, and these they, the first thing they did was bring these two guys um, in. Like, like I said, expect to see more of these two going forward with Marvel projects. All right. Okay. That, so, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, Kevin, I, th- I think we have some points to discuss as well. So, um, can, can I can I work a little mischief magic here? Please do. Okay. Do you, you have your key lime pie, Kevin? You, you, you know, I know you need it. <laughs> yes, the key lime pie. Yes. So yeah. we uh, we got some. Um, uh, our first discussion here is branch timeline and alternate lives for our cast. And uh, uh, Kyle, I was going to get there. Yeah, okay. We're going, back. Yeah. we're going too far. We're going too far there, guy. I want to. Yeah. yeah, hold on. Let me do this. So, so yes, we 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 do have some dealing with branch timelines because it apparently appears that the explosion of the loom did send not only did it send Loki time slipping again, it sent our beloved TEBA members back into their actual time branches and into their lives before they became major members of the TVA. Uh, Type 40, Dr. Who's in the uh, group here. Hello. The most important question is would anyone like a jelly baby? (laughs) Dan Hadley, quit bringing your Doctor Who snacks into our <laughs> podcast. But yes, I will take a jelly baby. <laughs> Dan Hadley, our host of the Type 40 Doctor Who podcast. Welcome. Appreciate you, brother. That's cool. So, Kyle, yes, uh, we get, first of all, um, we get uh, uh, Alcatraz, 1962. <laughs> Kevin, uh, is, it, get- is, it, is it wrong that I just, when I see him, I still want to go Rutherford? Yes, I know. Rutherf- the voice of Rutherford from uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, and then, of course, we get New York 2012. Uh, isn't that right around where the Avengers uh, were fighting Loki? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Pro- probably <laughs> a little bit before. <laughs> uh, what do we got here? Uh, we got uh, Ghostbusters saying, yes, please. John Mowry says, I eat Infinity Stones like they were jelly beans. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, and also... We finally get a jet ski action with Mobius, sort of. <laughs> He's selling jet skis in Cleveland, Ohio in 2022. And in 1994, Pasadena, uh, we get Obi uh, buying his own books that he's surreptitiously already planted there. <laughs> okay, Kevin, before we go any further, 
We got one episode of Loki left. Do we get a proper Mobius jet ski payoff? I hope so. That would be <laughs> fun. That would be fun. <laughs> so yeah, he's uh, he kind of gets the band back together as as a suggestion by Obi from this scene here. Um, and, and this is where I was kind of starting to understand a little bit of the techno babble because he did the cup with the pens, uh, you know, presentation with him and because of the auras that they all have. So, yeah, he has to get the band back together. Uh, but uh, so this this alternate lives for the cast, this is the branched timeline. Yeah, the, one of the yeah, one of the branch. This is uh, OB's branch timeline. Okay. In this case, in the picture we have on the screen. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, and then so he has to bring everyone back to fix the original timeline. Is that, is that what I'm learning here? Well, no, he's trying to bring everybody back to restore the TVA. Yeah, okay. The TVA has been destroyed. Okay. <laughs> the, the original time, the sacred timeline is still in, in place. It's just the TVA is destroyed. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm... Anyone else confused? <laughs> uh, all right, Kyle, what do we got next? We, well, we got, Syl we got Sylvie, who is the only one that remembers Loki, which makes sense because she is a Loki variant. So I, I think, I, and that's obviously too, she plays a kind of a key part in maybe waking Loki up to his own thoughts and um, desires. And Kevin, I instantly thought of you in this scene that we have up here on our screen, if you're watching on our YouTube channel. Because um, this takes time, place in the early 80s, correct? Right. So old-time record store with that place to sit down and listen to the record. And John said, John Mosby says, got to say that while some of the science slash fiction lost me again, what most impressed me about this episode was the visuals. The record shot moment was beautiful slash horrific. Got to agree. That was interesting. Um, that was the wake-up call that uh, she needed to uh, decide, yep, I got to help out. I got to help out this situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was it was powerful. How Everything kind of freezes there for a second, and then it gets kicked back into kind of a um, fat normal time as things turn into the um, aforementioned spaghetti here. Yep. And as we see this picture of – where we see where the TVA has kind of gone into this fail-safe mode to, to somewhat protect itself from turning into spaghetti, but, you know, time is going to do what time is going to do. So you, your topic too, Kyle, was, well, that was not what I expected, uh, but what did you expect? Looking in control of the time jumps? Yeah, uh, and we got that. Uh, but I guess figuring out why he survived, I'm still a little confused. It's his show. We get that. Uh, I think why is, why is he the chosen one? How is he the one that's able to, you know, get the band back together, so to speak, um, cleverly having that TVA uh, um, uh, booklet inside his his on his person it helped obviously with OBB. Well, he he actually picked that up. He picked yeah. that up on a um, I, one. I think he's there because he's Loki and it's his show, but he's also a god. And I think that reflects in the fact that Sylvie remembers who he was too, because they're yeah. gods. There's something a little extra there. Loki's already been exposed to a time jump. Maybe the explosion of the loom was a, and him getting exposed to that, that was a side effect of it was a kick in the time jumps, or maybe it was something that he still has the power, had the power of. He just got, had it, had it in buried after everything that happened in the first episode. But also what I mean by not what I expected with this episode was 
I kind of went into this episode thinking this was going to be one of those really metaphysical way out there type episodes. Maybe like Loki talking to some cosmic entity or something like that. To actually have brought it back home to bringing, getting his band back together. I actually think it, I really enjoyed it. I think it worked very well. It was not what I was expecting. I did not expect them to take this in this direction. And I give the writers a lot of credit for going that way. Well, Dave proved everything here. He understands what's going on because he's a, he's a rocket scientist. And I like what he's saying here. He's making, he's making this sound. He's making this make sense for me. <laughs> John, thank you very much. Got to run. Ironically, have to make some spaghetti in the real world. Don't destroy the universe as well. I'm ge- <laughs> that was good. I like, I, 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 I like John too. Um, you know, I just hope his, I hope uh, Mrs. Mosby can throw some nice uh, red sauce with me. Yeah, uh, this is an interesting point by Chris, though, here. He says, I was a little annoyed by him taking the whole episode to collect everything only to find out that he didn't need them after all. True, but are these character moments that are worth putting together? Like, seeing them all in the room was kind of cool, you know? But, uh, yeah, maybe it's more about the uh, the journey than the destination in this situation. I'm going to argue that point real quick, Kevin, because I think it was just as important for him to get everybody together because getting everybody together made him realize how to control his time jumps because he, he realized it mattered to, it wasn't about when or where it was about who. And I think having everybody together and seeing losing them is what triggered that idea in his head that it was focusing on who that helps him control the time jumps. What about this theory that Don Dave's Madeline says here about him having the time stone, but not being able to use it because he wasn't in the right time. And that, uh, maybe that's the uh, twist we're going to get here. I would be shocked because they have not done anything with the stones in this season. And I don't know if Marvel wants to go back to that per se. Well, if they're talking about bringing back the original cast for an Avengers film, because uh, you know, <laughs> who knows what they get, who knows what they're planning. <laughs> so Kyle, uh, what do you have for topic number three for us? Topic number three is simple. We got the next Next episode is the season and series finale of Loki and predictions, because I think there's, there's a lot of interesting possible directions this could go. My one big prediction is, and I've said this along, it's not going to be wrapped up with a tight bow, but I do. Th- I think there's going to be some sacrifices. I think we're going to lose some characters, but I think in the end, the TVA will be restored in some kind of fashion because the TVA still has a very big part to play in upcoming things happening in the MCU. From what I read, a very big part in the the third Deadpool film and possibly even a part in Fantastic Four, which is where the TVA was originally introduced in the comics, in Fantastic Four. Uh, Before I give my uh, predictions, I just would say I really love this scene here. I had to take a break to move out when I lost my job and my wife left me. (laughs) (laughs) So, so Kevin... That was funny. <laughs> so, Kevin, if you want to keep your marriage whole, never read the TVA guidebook. Yeah, this is true. Okay. My predictions are they're going to dumb it down for me. Uh, it's going to make sense. That's going to uh, give a reason why they're doing stuff. And um, it is going to be wrapped up in a nice uh, bow. And we're going to get excited for uh, whatever the next phase is because we know that this series is directly going to affect Deadpool 3, Fantastic Four, x-men all the stuff we want now that we're not getting soon enough than more timey-wimey stuff there. okay that's right okay kevin what i'm going to say is 
They're going to make it so you understand it. That is a bold prediction, Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> I am not ashamed to say I don't understand what the hell's going on. I'm just on it for the ride and the visuals and the the the, the character moments. Uh, you know, I I like having I like seeing Loki as a character doing Loki things, but when it comes to the end game. Mm, see what I said there of this series? I have no idea. I, I just hope that it's satisfying and that it comes to a point to where us dummies, myself, I'm speaking about myself, can understand what the hell's going on. Because if you can have a cameo that ties into a future film in this next episode or something that just gets us excited, then just leaving on a weird cliffhanger that just kind of is hanging in this ether and we don't know what to make of it because then we have to wait till some other movie or series to come out to go. Oh, remember that thing in Loki when Loki should be a stepping stone and let you go. Oh, you know what's coming up. This is going to be awesome. Um, Dave predicts that Sylvie will sacrifice herself to save Loki. No, I think Sylvie sacrifices herself to save the TVA. And no, realize- Sylvie and Loki should become boyfriend, girlfriend, and then uh, go on and fight crime together. That's what should happen. By the way, I need, more, I, am, I need Sylvie being fun Sylvie, not not depressed working at a McDonald's Sylvie. These two together are an awesome power couple, and I need to see her in a future MCU film, not just in a weird TV series that I can't understand. And, and Kevin, just so you know, I, I'm, I'm still trying to work it out with his agent, but I am trying to get a special Culture Clash episode of Neil deGrasse Tyson explaining Loki to Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he. Ha- I hope he has visuals because I need that. <laughs> yeah. But Kevin, you know what? There's, there's a hot take topic this week. Um, this kind of ties into our a little bit of our hot take topic from last week. That again, because of events, we think to make it as hot of a take as we want. But I have hot take topic. It ties into the dude, dude. How do you just throw up a bomb like that after we talked about the day after on time time warp? Come on, man. I'm still shook. Uh, uh, the the kaiju in the basement made me do it. <laughs> Kyle, what's your, you have a hot take? What you got? Well, last week, last week's episode, we kind of talked about the state of the MCU. We didn't go into it as heavy as we like because of the unfortunate news of Matthew Perry passing away. Um, this week, there's something else I want to talk about because. Not only next Thursday do we have the season finale of Loki, the Marvels hits theaters. And there's some been interesting stories about the Marvels that have popped up in the last week involving its director, Nia DaCosta. She apparently left the production of the Marvels with three months left of work to be done on it to go film another film. Even for directors, even in the stuff thing is in post-production. This is highly irregular in Hollywood. And it's got a lot of people throwing up some red flags about this film. It's also the shortest, going to be the shortest running Marvel film in history. I still have hopes that that what this movie is going to be is just a fun film and we just enjoy the ride of it. But Kevin, I'm going to ask you straight up. Are we, are you excited for the Marvels? Well, you brought it up, Kyle. You should answer the question first. I'm not sure. I'm genuinely excited but I'm intrigued because I think this is going to be something different than what we've seen from Marvel for a good 
while. And I do think it's going to be a lot. If nothing else, it might not be the best story, but it's going to be fun because I think these three actors are just going to have show that they had a blast filming this together. Much like what, contrary to what everybody wants to say, the fun that Brie Larson and Sam Jackson had working with each other on the original. Uh, I'm a defender of the original um, Marvel uh, movie. I like Brie Larson. Um, I'm excited for this film, to be honest with you. And I like the, I like the fact that it's one of the shortest uh, MCU films. It was like an hour and 40, 45 minutes, something like that. Um, I, I'm As long as it's put together well, it's fun. And also if it gets the bad taste of the secret invasion out of my mouth, uh, I'm fine with that as well. I just want to see, uh, I'll just, you know, I just want to see um, uh, Samuel Jackson just being a side character, you know, being Fury. That's fine. Um, the only thing I'm concerned about is the big bad in this film. Of course, it's a female big fat, big bad. I don't mind that, but I'm curious if that's going to help the film or is it going to hurt it? Uh, having a good villain helps films. What I've seen so far it just seems like a uh, uh, someone who's angry because uh, of something that Carol Danvers did. And so they're taking revenge again. And it's a similar plot that we see all throughout the MCU. So I'm hoping that I can care for the villain because um, there's certain villains that really work that are sympathetic and you get them. So uh, that's my only concern. But I'm looking forward to this. It looks fun. And I hope it's fun. I need something that will hopefully give us something more to look forward to in other projects, especially, um, you know, movie theater projects. So a couple of things here I want to throw out to you with, with this film is that one, if you watch the most recent trailer, there is something in there that I think might turn off some people because there is a mention of their universe is bleeding into our universe. So there's some multi, it sounds like there's going to be some multiverse kind of things going on with this, which Seems to be a turnoff for people these days. I'm just saying. But on the flip side of this, I think no matter how this movie is received, Imam Vellani is going to come out of this movie a star. People already love her from Miss Marvel. People loved her energy. People loved the, the breath of life she's put into the MCU. And I think this movie, when this movie is over, she is going to go up to the next level with that with that character and what people think of her. I also think Tiona Paris is going to be very good at film as well yeah as long as uh, the chemistry between the three of them comes across well which i think it will and that's one of the things i'm looking forward to and dave manley said the marvels look a lot like guardians of the galaxy level fun uh and chris agrees as well uh it does it does have that feel and give me some more cat flurkins any day i'm game yeah my my, my two flurkins are running around so, somewhere <laughs> in my apartment right now but yeah um and from what i've seen of the trailers kevin there's a lot of flurkins Yes, there is. Yeah. So, well, with that, though, that is kind of my hot take for the Marvel. I had to get one in there for Tempest, too, Kevin. No <laughs> left out. But, 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 but now, that the, now that we're clear of the, the fallout, it is time, of course, to buy it, buy it, buy it, stream it, stream it. Or unsee it. it. Okay, I'm going to be honest. I still haven't gotten to watch a lot because I have been very busy with work. I've been keeping podcasts busy. We've had some big shows here on the Fandom Podcast Network. 
um, a little doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff. But Kevin, you have something that I am very happy you were going to be talking about and buy it, stream it, or see it. Because a couple weeks ago, we talked about Halloween films and films or TV specials we might watch during Halloween. And I threw a recommendation out to you, and you told me it was something you were interested in. And it looks like you did get to watch it. Yeah, I actually bought this on DVD uh, about a couple of months ago at one of my favorite stores in Hollywood called Amoeba Music, music and, and Records and Tapes and Videos or whatever. And uh, I've been curious and seeing it because I'm always curious about this little guy with the, you know, the pumpkin looking head. And uh, I was curious about the cast. And so I'm, I told myself back then I was going to watch it on Halloween. And you recommended it because you were saying it was kind of an anthology uh, movie. And for me, that was a red flag, Kyle, because I'm not a big fan of anthology movies. Uh, they could, they work, but a lot of the times they don't work. But I ended up finding, found it streaming online, one of the streamers, and because I couldn't find the DVD. Finally, I did find it. But I thoroughly enjoyed this movie, Kyle, because it is an anthology movie. But what's cool about it is that it takes place all in the same town during the same time. And all the different stories of the creepy ass, horrible people doing horrible things to other people all kind of come together based around this horrific thing that happened many years ago. And it was great. It was violent. There were some good death scenes in it. I had Anna Paquin in there, uh, who, of course, so this was before she won, went on to do True Blood. Yeah. Leslie yeah. Bibb from Iron Man uh, um, fame and several others. Thoroughly enjoyed What's no, I'm, gl I'm glad you and the thing about it is, is this little character from trick-or-treat blue has blown up since this movie came out yes um he is incredibly popular and become a big part of pop pop culture and um, creepy af <laughs> yes very 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 much so yeah but, so i i watched it on halloween and enjoyed it it was great yeah, um all i'm gonna say too is uh how much you want to bet the properties and values in this town changed after that halloween night Oh man, yeah. It it had a in the there was a twist that happened uh, with some of the characters at the end. I didn't expect coming, and that was a nice surprise. So yeah, yeah. Um, a, a couple of things I, I haven't watched very much, but I do want to throw out a couple of things that will we will be covering going forward. Um, I'm going to get caught up on Gen V. Um, apparently it has been revealed that when the boys season four starts, it will be taking place just within days, in storyline wise, within days of the finale of gen v i'm gonna be watching gen v on marathon when all the episodes are out they're all out I watch oh they are okay good because i watched the first episode in the beginning of the second i'm like okay i want to wait till they all come out and i, I stop so yeah yeah uh, and i think i'm going to be checking out i love the first season uh animated on amazon robert kirkman's invincible i love the comic season two started the same day that gen v finished up i'm very much looking excited for that kevin i know you're not a big fan of animated stuff per se but this might be something you want to check out. It's violent. It's adult. It's a lot of fun. And they have a ton of voice acting talent in the, in this show. Um, there's a few other things I'm, I'm getting ready to check out too. Of course, next week, we, the next episode, we will be talking about the Loki finale and the Marvels as well. Um, I will also, have you, have you had a chance to visit, upload yet, Kevin? Return of upload? I've watched the first episode of season three of Upload, and I will continue that as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be diving into that as well. Um, looking forward to that. I'm going to try. You know, we, it, it's interesting because we are starting to kind of hit where there's not a lot of new stuff coming out. It's kind of here or there, or maybe some European things. But 
one new thing also dropped for you, Kevin. And I know that you were very excited. This is something you're very excited about. And I know a lot of I people who actually love this show. I think this is a guilty pleasure for me, guys. I think it is. Uh, I enjoyed the first season because it's of a, a of a time in American history that I find fascinating for several reasons. And the Gilded Age season two just dropped a couple of weeks ago. First episode is out. They drop on Sunday nights. Uh, it takes place in the late 1800s in New York where new money meets old money, power for uh, position and, uh, you know, railways and, and coal and oil. Uh, and then with the, the women, it's a power of uh, status and who's who and who controls the social circles. And I got to tell you, the acting is phenomenal. The sets are the most amazing sets I've ever seen. And also the costumes. I love the cast. It's great. A lot of backstabbing going on. A lot of this and that. Thoroughly enjoyed it. The creators of Downton Abbey uh, are the creators of this. And I actually not watched Downton Abbey, but when I found out when this took place, I was like, I'm kind of curious about that time frame because that was a, an important time for the Industrial Revolution in uh, America. And uh, this is a, a little little um, a little window into that era, and I highly, highly recommend it. I'm going to let you in on something, Kevin. I think you should watch Downton Abbey because I think you would actually really enjoy it. I've been told that and uh, I, I've, I've been meaning to uh, eventually and I would like to, but uh, you know, I got a lot of stuff on the plate, but one of those, one of these days I will. This is one of those shows that um, I haven't watched it yet. I, ha- I have watched some of Downton Abbey and what I've seen, I actually enjoyed when a period piece is done, right? It's very good. And it's done yeah. wrong. It will put you to sleep. Downton Abbey. <laughs> Downton Abbey is actually very well done. And I, from what I've heard of this talking to some people and you, it, it is a very well done show too. And it's HBO. I mean, HBO premium shows, it's rare that you get a miss with that, but yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's, it's an, it's an interesting time and it's going to be an interesting over these next few months to see what happens, especially if this actor strike keeps going on. <laughs> so, yeah. I thought that but, was going to be wrapped up soon. So we'll see. Uh, yeah. I did the last, the last I heard there was the idea. There was another offer made. If the uh, actors don't accept this offer, the um, studios have told them we'll see you next year. So, well, ne- next year is it a couple of months? So, uh, but um, did want to let people know that we will be back here live on the Fandom Podcast Network, uh, discussing the final episode of Loki season two here on Saturday night at uh, five p.m. Pacific and eight p.m. Eastern. Yep, uh, um, I will have seen the Marvels by then, so I will be ready to talk the Marvels too. So, Kevin, if you if you want, you will, if you want to you give it a. Not. I will. I'm going Thursday night to see. Okay, yeah, I'm going to go Thursday as well. So we will be discussing uh, the Marvels. Kevin, I'm going to give you a treat because you know it's even though it's a little half after Halloween, we are going to be discussing the Marvels, which means we're going to be discussing spoilers. You want to give an advanced one right now and like push the button one more time? Oh, guys, yes, we will be going totally spoilerific on the more Marvels. Spoiler times are coming. And I want to give a shout out to the chat. Thank you, Chris, Dave, John Mosby. Also, uh, my friend Joseph. Uh, thank you guys all for popping in. Appreciate it very much. Give us a like. Please give us a share. We'd very much appreciate it. Absolutely. And, of course, thank you for watching here on the Fandom Podcast Network YouTube channel. Um, please like, subscribe, and share it out. We are trying to get that number up there. We're getting close to 300. Um, we want to keep, keep that rising. So, please give us a share out. Tell your friends. Um, we don't even have any advertising on here. 
come on, come on, guys. You know, we, we just we're just having some fun. Um, also, too, if you are listening to this on audio, then thank you for listening. Of course, I, you can find all of our podcasts on our homepage at fpnet.podbean.com. But they're out there on all the major podcast catchers, whether it's iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or so many others. And if you want to know what's happening with the Fandom Podcast Network, go over and like our uh, Facebook page. And, of course, on, on YouTube. Always check out YouTube. So, yeah. Um, but like our fake Facebook page, um, we, we keep you all day, try to keep you updated with all the fandom news and that's going on out there and let you know when we have some live events like culture clash live or some special live events like our Buffy time warp. Um, we love that you guys join in the chat and add to the show. Uh, it makes yes. us feel good and we love your participation participation and are so thankful for it. Um, of course you can find me Kyle on social media at a Kyle W on X slash Twitter slash whatever the name it will be in the following weeks. And you can follow me on Instagram and threads at a Kyle fandom. You can follow the network on Twitter at fandom podcast network or, or at fan pod network and on Instagram at fandom podcast network. Kevin, where can people find you on social? Uh, I'm at Spartan underscore Phoenix on X Instagram and threads. And of course too, you can, you know, again, visit our YouTube channel and the podcast network, visit our homepage for our podcast, fpnet.podbean.com. Give us likes, give us subscribe, give us some reviews. As always, we're striving to do better and give you better podcasts and videos to feed your ears and eyes. So let us know what we can do or something you might want to see that we can do to give you something that will be of interest to you as well. In the meantime, I hope everybody out there had a great and wonderful Halloween. I am now an official countdown to Turkeys Away. Which That's right. Is, is That's coming right. Up I, I took down all the Halloween uh, 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 decorations we had at the house. A little sad about that, but uh, th- Thanksgiving's I, coming up. Waiting for the turkey drop. <laughs> are you kidding me? I was in, I was in Walmart today, and Christmas was an official one hundred percent swing. Yeah, it's that started last week. It was sad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, think, think, think Thanksgiving is important. Remember Thanks everyone in the chat. Love you guys. Exactly for that. Now, guys. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And it's time to get out of here. And as always, most importantly, respect each other and enjoy your fandom.